mommy track, opt out, embrace your femininity, be one of the guys, be assertive. No, that's too assertive. Don't be demanding. Don't threaten men. Speak up for yourself. Lean in. I once worked with a business coach who told me I had to stop smiling at men during meetings because it was perceived as my flirting with them and it was giving them the wrong impression. Stop smiling at men? Oh my word. What is the world coming to when a smile is misinterpreted as flirting in the business world? Needless to say, that coach didn't last very long. Women get a lot of advice on how to succeed at work, much of it conflicting, more of it extraordinarily offensive. And even though we've come a long way, even during my career, we still have a long way to go. And that's what we're going to talk about today, diversity in the workplace. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. A few weeks ago, an article ran in the Huffington Post about how women working at Ernst & Young are instructed to behave, dress, and act. I'll link to the article in the show notes, but here's a quick recap. As of 2018, Ernst & Young has had a very low proportion of women in the workplace to, quote-unquote, empower the women who do work there, and I would guess to try to build morale and inclusive culture and attract more women. They instituted an internal program called Power Presence Purpose. The purpose of the PPP program was to help women learn how to grow their networks, negotiate, and build stronger, high-performing teams. Unfortunately, the PPP program has done the exact opposite of what they intended because of the quote-unquote advice they provide. Allow me to read to you some of the quotes from the unbelievably bad presentation that was obtained by the Huffington Post. Are you ready for this? Women's brains absorb information like pancakes to soak up syrup, so it's hard for them to focus. Men's brains are more like waffles. They're better able to focus because the information collects in each little waffle square. And don't flaunt your body. Sexuality scrambles the mind. But do look healthy and fit and have a good haircut and manicured nails. <sighs> yes. All of this and more, lots and lots more, was included in the training on how women can behave at work around their male counterparts. Not only does it enforce outdated stereotypes and, let's be real, hold women to an impossible standard, it completely ignores other areas of privilege such as race, age, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Ernst & Young is hardly alone in doing this, however. Across industries, business categories, and even in government, there are still white men in positions of power who think women and other minorities are the ones who have to change. Here are some interesting statistics according to American Progress. While women make up 44%, so nearly half of the overall S&P 500 labor force, only a quarter of them are executive and senior level managers, hold only 20% of board seats, and only 6% are CEOs. In the financial services industry, the number of executive level positions is slightly higher at 29%, but only 2% are CEOs. In legal, only 22% are partners, and only 18% are equity partners. 
venture capital firms are losing women. Only 6% are partners, which is down from 10% in 1999. It doesn't matter the industry. The idea that there should be equality for women and other minorities is, well, still just an idea. And while there are lots and lots of men who understand and support equality, the statistics prove we just aren't there yet and that we have to shift from the expectation that the change must come from women and other minorities. The communications industry isn't free of this problem either. I wrote about my experience at Decision World Tour a couple of years ago, which I'll link to in the show notes. It clearly demonstrated to me that even in communications where women make up most of the workforce, we are still underrepresented on stages, on leadership teams, and in boardrooms. I have some theories on that, and it's the bane of my existence. I cannot understand how event coordinators will invite me to keynote their events. Yes, invite me. And when I quote them my fee, they balk and ask me to lower it. When I won't budge, they go on to some of my male counterparts and end up paying them more, sometimes double my own speaking fee. That just screams sexism to me. It could very well be there's a different reason, but these are the facts. I quoted you my fee. First, you invited me. Then I quoted you my fee. I wouldn't lower it, and so you went to a male colleague and ended up paying him double what I quoted you. How would you perceive that? It sure doesn't scream inclusivity or equality. It tells me you don't value my expertise as much as you do some of my male counterparts, even though I clearly was your first choice. So what is empowering, supportive, and useful for women? I'll tell you in just a second, after I tell you about something we've been working on at SpinSucks. You may know that I do a quite a bit of coaching for communicators. It ranges from mentorship to mastermind groups and everything in between. One of the things I love to do is work one-on-one -on -one with clients to help them grow their careers or their businesses. But I've had to table that work for a couple of years because truth be told, it's incredibly challenging to scale. After all, it's focused solely on you and your goals. And you can't scale individual attention like that. But as we've grown SpinSucks, we've not found a way to duplicate my time, unfortunately. That would be amazing if we could duplicate my time. But we have managed to free up some of it so I can bring back the one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you're looking for someone to work with you in 2020, I would love to chat with you about what that might look like. We all need a coach, a cheerleader, a sounding board, and an empathizer as we traverse our careers. Sometimes your coach can help you get a promotion or create a new job. And sometimes your coach can help you get unstuck and help you grow your business. Whatever your goals are for next year, I want to help you exceed them. Go to spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen coaching. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen coaching to check out more. Heck, we may even be able to solve the equality and inclusivity issues together. Let's talk more about that. Let me tell you what that looks like in the real world. My husband runs a political action committee that provides free training for people who want to run for office. During their work and through his own experience, they discovered that young professionals who work on campaigns are, well, mostly rich white kids because they're the ones who can afford to work on a campaign with little money, no benefits, and little sleep. But as we look at a world that desperately needs different ideas and is genuinely diverse, one place to start to fix that is at the campaign level, allowing all young professionals, not just rich white kids, to volunteer and then work their way up. This year, his goal at work was to launch Staff Academy, which hires, trains, and places young professionals on campaigns. This allows them to provide inclusivity and equality at the campaign level because the PAC pays them and provides benefits while they learn the ropes of campaigns. 
As you can imagine, there are tons of benefits. The campaigns have different voices from all walks of life. Those voices affect the decisions our elected officials make, and they may one day become elected officials themselves. Suddenly, at least in the U.S., we're looking at a government that isn't run mostly by white men. Of course, there are many organizations that are making a genuine effort to foster diversity of all kinds. Accenture was ranked the best S&P company on 24 different measures of diversity and inclusion by Reuters in 2018. And they have specific programs to ensure women, people with disabilities, and the LGBTQIA community members are all represented. Plainly, it's possible to make this happen. And more than morally being the right thing to do, it tends to be more profitable in the long run. So let's look at what every one of us can do about increasing diversity and inclusion in our teams. If you work at a not very diverse organization, there are several things you can do to help build diversity and inclusion and equality. Number one, talk about it. The more people around you learn, the better opportunity you have to change minds and hearts. Number two, mention it in performance reviews and during meetings. If your boss and their boss and their boss and so on knows that you value diversity, inclusion, and equality, they'll start to think about how to take action on it. It will be top of mind for them. Number three, suggest books, videos, training, and resources developed by members of marginalized groups. This can be a great way to get more professional development and enhancement and support diversity, especially in a small organization. And then number four, support and advocate for colleagues. It's not always easy for people to advocate for themselves. So make a point of supporting your colleagues by making sure they get airtime in meetings, get credit for all of their contributions, and back them on their ideas and projects. Owners and managers have considerably more power to improve diversity and inclusion, and they should use it. They should hire people different than you. This can be challenging because we subconsciously look for similarities, and we have company cultures that we're looking for fit with. If diversity and inclusion matters to you, then making a culture that embraces differences in people is the best way forward. Actively make sure different groups are represented and included. This can mean evaluating your current culture to make sure that people from marginalized groups are genuinely comfortable. And then provide diversity and inclusion training and opportunities for your team. Even if you're not hiring, you can provide resources developed by people from marginalized communities and work with suppliers and other business owners that prioritize diversity. I have a friend who makes it part of his job to look at the about pages on websites of the companies they're considering working with. If it's all a bunch of white people, or worse, a bunch of white people with the token person of color, he moves on to the next. He has sent me so many links over the years explaining the hypocrisy of it all that I have started to do the same when we're considering a new vendor, supplier, or partner. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, and we still have a long, long way to go. But the more attuned we are to racism, sexism, misogyny, and even our own inadvertent biases, the better we'll all be about making sure our colleagues, our events, and our websites are inclusive of everyone. Have you ever experienced sexism, racism, or even worse at work? How did you handle it? Did anything change for the better? What do you look out for now because of it? I would love to hear your stories if you're willing to share them. You can leave a comment on Spin Sucks, send me an audio note, or join the very best community on the internet for communicators. It's free, it's fun, it's diverse, and it's crazy smart. Join us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.
If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 